Hi guys, welcome to this exciting episode of Startup Couches. On the couch, I'm really, really excited because I have Ife. Hi, Ife. Hi, Otana. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? How's your day been? Oh, great. Uh, day has been stressful, but generally I'm doing great bit. That's good. That's good. Um, I've been trying to um, reach you for a while now and we've been postponing and postponing. Um, so I'm really glad to see that you're doing well. Yeah, thank you so much. It's the uh, Texas program. It was really stressful. That's why I was unreachable for a while. But yeah, we have to play the program soon. I have my time back. Okay. So um, for people that don't know, um, every single episode we bring on to the couch amazing founders or builders who are building really great products in the markets we try to understand um and see things from their point of view you know what led to you know these products we have today in the market what are their plans you know learn some lessons from them kind of pick their brain and understand some things from their point of view that would now help us in our own different journeys whether we're building whether we're looking to join a startup and stuff like that right so jumping right into it you we are talking about textiles you know um first off i would like to know what is oyster finance and then i'd like to understand your textiles journey yeah okay uh thanks so oyster finance is a micro lending infrastructure company for emerging markets so what that means is our infrastructure allows fintechs mobile money operators, merchant platforms, and gig platforms to extend microloans to their users at scale without having to worry about liquidity, compliance, risk assessment, or recovery. So, um, yeah, it's the way microlending infrastructure. Okay, so microlending infrastructure. Um, and, and so the people that, the people that this infra is built for are like lending platforms? Yeah, so it's built for we are we are two-sided market. So we have okay. the lenders, and then we have the guys we call originators. Originators are people with the uh, mobile money platforms. So if you have someone doing mobile money with thousands of agents, that's an originator. If you have someone with a gig platform, like the Uber driver, the global drivers, that's uh, that's an originator. If you have, have someone with a merchant platform like Ozi or Keeper, that's an originating platform. Um, so those are the platforms that we work with alongside with the lenders. I see. So how is the relationship like? I want to understand the two phases of the marketplace. Tell me more about the originators. So the originators have thousands of agents or thousands of users using their app. Now, OISA, we, um, we embed our credit API on their platform. So when any of their users need credits, they can request on their app. They don't have to leave the app to oh. go on a website or download the lending app on the same app that they are using. Like an Uber driver can go on the Uber app to request for a loan. And then um, we, we'll be using his Uber transaction history, no, his banking history, his credit history. We'll use his history and Uber. Rating credit rating and then if it's qualified we um credit is over wallet with the loan he can remove the money and do whatever he wants to do but when it's time for collection we collect it back from his over wallet so um this enables us to reach millions of um unbanked or underbanked um africans that can walk into a bank to request for credit or that can get credit from the uh, banking app so we are but already within the digital economy 
yes you think not all of them are digital within the digital economy some of them like the um, retailers like the merchants or the circle guys they're not really within the digital economy um some of these guys digitize their transactions on their behalf so they're not really within the digital economy like with the esusu guy or the circle guys the woman in the markets doesn't know that she's being digitized but they're digitizing it now if she goes to them for a loan they'll now request for the loan on her behalf then we'll see what she's been doing and then give them the loan then they give her so it's, it's really for the unbanked and um, underbanked not just the digitally oh, banked really really interesting i like that because like the market for originators is like you mentioned Jose. i know Jose. i know keeper um those um easy business management platforms um and then to like uber and platforms like that that's actually like there's there's a there's a, another really great niche there and so tell me about the other side you know you've talked about originators one of the 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 lenders yeah so the other side is for the lenders where we have mfbs um our customers right now are mfbs but we are also um seeing individuals and other fintechs are interested so you're an mfb um you're not doing micro loans because it is stressful to do yes. it's hard to reach this yourself there's no channel to reach them you don't have data on them because they're not doing much on their banking data no credibility data on them so you give all that edit to us and like okay i want to this was 200 million um, nearer this month to the underbanked as micro loans, I'm going to use your um, infrastructure okay. to do it. So ISA takes care of the origination of that loan, we take care of the credit assessments, we take care of the disposal collection recovery. So the bank is not does not have to create another unit or put another resource on that. They just um, outsource it to ISA to do. So anything concerning micro loans to um, the unbanked, to the market women um, and such, they are able to give us and the goal is also for government because the government both local government um federal government and state government also give loans to people like this um and most of them currently use boi but the goal is also for them to be able to use um an infrastructure like i start to be able to disperse those micro micro loans um to to these people yeah 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 i see that i see that um especially with one of these what's the one that they did during elections um trader money all of those ones that they they don't now get to get the money back they don't have data to track all of those things like oyster sub exactly. um exactly and this is actually really interesting and why this is personally interesting to me was some years back about say four years ago when Jose was i know Jose very well because like I started a company with a friend of mine back in Ghana some years back. Um, and Uze was one of our competitors. Um, so I I know Uze very well. And so like, I'm really, really curious about credit rating in the Nigerian market, right? So how does it work? Because I know like you guys would be for the, for the originators, I think there's a semblance of like data you could have and get I'm curious about the people you work with that you have to now have other non-financial data points to decide, probably to decide creditworthiness. How do you guys handle that? Like when an MLB approaches you, as you already mentioned, there is less data, maybe they transact once in a month, you know, and so that's not enough. Um, or maybe they have other data points that probably the MLB don't know might be really 
um, um, beneficial because like a lot of things as as minute as I remember doing research for that as minute as um, your travel history could literally play into your credit worthiness a lot of random sometimes not even financial things can so I'm, I'm curious to how you guys handle that yeah so when we started oyster last year we started as an alternative data place where lenders could call our data um if they want to score the on on bank or on the bank so these are data outside the banking data and the credit bureau data these are any other data so they could call us for like mobile money data what these guys are doing with their mobile money wallets what these guys are doing with their utility bill how much they're paying utility bill their address um their marital status um their um what's it called that telco data how much time they spend um how much data they um buy in a month and things like that and that until date that's what we are also using so apart from us getting transactions from the app here using we would also combine it with this data and that's what we call alternative data in credit scoring these are the data sets that we use because we know again you don't have a banking footprint you don't have a credit bureau footprint but you're buying a time even if it is a nokia phone you're using a feature phone you're buying a time yeah. um you're paying utility bill you're you have an address yeah yes yeah you are betting like you get it so any other data that can show that you are doing something is what we are looking to um get that's what we are after and that's what we put together to do like credit assessment that's actually really interesting um so um i'd like to hear more about your textiles jenny tell me about textiles ah okay texas we're going to texas in december um last year so it's very it was very nice because um only the md only was very um what's it called intentional about the team she wanted texas picked 12 startup um into program into their programs um so she wanted she wanted to make sure like half of the class were female founders and she um strong female founders so she gave us um a chance like i think we had like five interviews you'll come back like if i didn't quite get this you want to explain further do you want to express she just because she like she wanted to give us a chance and then yeah. other women like that so she was very patient with us she was very intentional getting into the program um and i mentioned this um after the program prior to texas i done about 11 incubation slash accelerator programs since 27 since 2015 when i got into the tax um startups startup um space so i've done about 11 and i was saying that if i could go back in time and only do one it would be the texas program because the level of things that we're taught the mentoring the um the people that were invited, the investor magic, the mentor magic, the way the program was set, like it was intentional, it was effective, it was efficient. Like you won't go through that process and not be able to like think outside your environment or think outside the country you're in. It opens your mind up, it gives you opportunity, it gives you an opportunity to become to rebuild even if you had a product coming in and that product wasn't working you are allowed to pivot make as many changes as possible break as many things as possible 
just keep going and the program supports that and even after the program the support is still there the ecosystem is still there and we are able to reach out to our big brothers like Onyeka did Texas Canada um payday favor did Texas Canada so we are able to reach out to like our seniors have gone through the program like can you link me up with this can you help me with that and like there's a whole community there and i think that's the beauty of um yeah the texas program that's actually really amazing that's that's really amazing i like that this is also coming from a point of experience you know having experienced a couple of accelerators um so shout out texas i think they're doing really great work Um, so Oyster Finance in 2023. We are in quarter two. So what is the plan for the rest of the year for Oyster Finance to two? Uh, so during the program, we had to, we, we built a new product. Cause like I said, when we started last year, it was just alternative data. And then lenders, um, we started February last year and then around september october lenders the lenders that we were servicing came back to us like if we can't use the data you're giving us because these people that you are gathering the data for they're not even coming to us to request for loan um they don't they're not downloading our apps they're not working to our banks so there's no how can we then use the data so the data was kind of redundant wasn't mm-hmm. used so there was that was where we saw there was a problem of channel there was no channel lenders are here you understand that yeah, there's something missing there's no channel bridge that was yeah there was no bridge second thing was the lenders are like if this data you're giving us does not match our credit scoring system there's a way our credit scoring system has been built we put banking data we put credit bureau data we put this but this alternative data of using this 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 does not match it again we saw that's another problem on its own then the last one was if I, even if we give these people loan it's small small loan we can't be bothered to be hiring people to be following them for recovery it's too small of a loan the interest is small we can't say again listen so that just made sense that we needed to build an infrastructure and leave just the api play that we were doing so during the texas program we um built the oyster float infrastructure and we tested um ending of march going into april also the api products we then layered kyc product on it also went live with that in march and we've done more numbers than we than we did last year we've done a whole we've done a whole lot and it's just yeah and this is like in two months and we've barely scratched the surface so you can imagine and already also we now have um we started with just an api platform for alternative data now we have an infrastructure and then from speaking with customers that will use our infrastructure we found out that there were another type of customers customers that needed a SaaS platform customers that are already in the markets they're already doing the lending stuff they're already doing this thing but they don't have a website on their own they're using excel sheets they're using things like that now we um we are building the oyster lights products which is a white labeling SaaS platform you come you put your logo you put your website name and then you can easily launch your buy now pay later product save net now pay later product or your loan any of your loan products or like a um circle product like a savings product and you don't have to worry about like licenses compliance regulations because we'll take care of that well, at, at the back end and also liquidity so um i think we we learned 
and learning from both sides of the market has shaped what our product is. So I am like I'm saying it with my full chest that Oisa is going to be huge and we are just barely starting the um, scratching the surface because we are building for we know the market we are building for we know the people we are building for and now we've put in the hard work and we've used a whole year to learn about the market and we are building just what they need we are not building what we assume they need is what they need is what they've asked for that we are building and there's a need for this because we got I got requests. We've never done marketing or anything like that. We got requests from um, Senegal, from Cameroon, from Ghana, if they could use our products, but I don't have licenses there. They can't for now. But the goal is for it to be a Pan-African thing. Um, and we are working with big banks. We have not, I've never announced any of my big partners, but I think I'll start doing that um, this year. So we've got um, some big banks working with us. We've got some big um, companies working with us. Those announcements will roll out as the year goes on. So as long as I'm able to close my pre-seed round and we do not burn out, we do not run out, um, yeah, Oyster is going to be huge. Oyster is going to be one of those companies to look out for. And you can see that trajectory by looking at M Copper. M Copper just raised $250 million and they also do micro loans. And like that's just to show you like a picture of the market. what the market Fair Money CEO just announced that it needs a $100 million in revenue in just Nigeria alone doing micro loans. So the like the future is crazy the market is there it's just we just need to like put on our well our space jet and take off yeah that's yeah 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 that's the energy and i love it the market is definitely really really huge and i love that oyster is sitting at that point where it can power all of the you know credit revolution that's literally taking place right now before us um, especially in the Nigerian market and across Africa. Um, so tell me more about um, raising pre-seed. How's that been for you? Um, and when are you looking to close around? How much are you looking to raise? So I just started raising uh, on Friday. I had my first meeting on Friday. I had a second meeting yesterday. Um, I have another, I have a couple of meetings um, throughout the um, um And I'm looking forward to it. I think fundraising is not easy it has never been easy um at all we are current we are raising 750 um k at um 7.5 million cap um that's about 10 percent so fundraising is not easy this is not my first rodeo i know how it goes but the thing is do i have the confidence can i speak anywhere and stand behind my numbers and stand behind our projections yes yes and 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 i'm the kind of person that tell people if you haven't spoken to 1000 investors and they've all said no then you haven't done anything so like i said i'm on my second investor they're doing um we've sent our deck they'll follow on with further questions and due diligences that's ongoing um but yeah i think before my goal was closing me if i had started fundraising last year but we had we had to do some restructuring team restructuring and whatnot so i couldn't do that last month sorry um that's what i'm starting now so um by the end of june i should i should close my round yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very i'm very optimistic also that you would by the end of june i was expecting to hear that you're trying to raise maybe two million um yeah you're raising mm-hmm. 750k I, I i think you have 
no 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 continue you have i think you have um you i i think i could feel the conviction basically and i could feel how how much you know about your market and where exactly you want to go i feel like you really have the paths laid out and this is something you've been doing and you know like the next steps just keep opening up and the next steps keep opening up and i think you're going to quickly close around and um, I, i i can't wait to hear about that also um when it does happen before the end of the june so like good luck i think this is really really amazing what's uh what's two things two really um unpopular or uncommon things would you say you have learned about the credit space in nigeria that a lot of people don't know Ooh, i i think I think a lot of people know a lot of things more than I do, but two unpopular things is I think people say like credit companies don't work together. Or I don't maybe because I have like an a, an API product that other lenders are leveraging and using, so I'm not quite getting the vibe of they don't work together. I'm getting the vibe of they are willing to collaborate and work together. Um, so I think that's one unpopular opinion. Credit companies are willing to work together. I think uh, the second one unpopular is the. I, I think it's very popular. Is a male-dominated space. It is a male-dominated space. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very popular opinion. But <laughs> I just need to. It's a male-dominated space. Ninety. 7% of the people in this space are male. Mm. So 97%. That's that's really 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 male dominated. Well, um yeah. yeah. So I did just like to thank you so so much if this has been a really interesting chat and learning about the infrastructure that powers the credit industry basically in Nigeria and hopefully in Africa very soon. Um you know, I I particularly love how you understand your market very well and how you are solving problems that people have like problems that people have because a lot of people go about i mean you've done this a couple of times so you know a lot of people go about this in different ways people do research who have an idea they start off with people do a lot of stuff but i think oyster finance is in the place where you are literally solving pain points that are just right there um in the faces of these people you found and you're just like innovating based off their pain points and just based off their pain points and i think that's amazing you know um so yeah thank you so much for coming on the couch this was really really great what do you think thanks for having me lachana loved it thank you so much yeah and for everyone listening and you have a um you you want to start giving out loans you have a microfinance bank you have a startup that is trying to maybe offer banking services and loans is one of them you should definitely check out oyster finance i'm going to leave the link in the description of this episode so when you watch it check out oyster finance today um and even if you have you know other services that just help businesses you know business banking services um bookkeeping services services that needs like merchants all of the services that basically need people and you also see on their day to day that these people sometimes need loans from you you can reach out to Oyster Finance because there is a solution for you to make sure that your people your employees your staff um 
you know go through their lives with enough credits whenever they need it they can assess it um and yeah so check out oyster finance today and for everyone else make sure to stay tuned follow us on twitter stay um, connected with all of these founder conversations and until next time see ya <laughs>